Welcome to episode 20 of the Greater Manchester Chamber of Commerce podcast. This episode contains audio from our Chamber Live event, which took place on Tuesday the 19th of January and was hosted by our Policy, Campaigns and Communications Director, Chris Fletcher. In this, our first episode of 2021, Chris is joined by our Head of Research, Subrakrishnan Harihara, who discusses our collaboration with the British Chambers of Commerce to conduct a national survey focusing on the impact of both Covid and Brexit on the UK business landscape. Membership and Services Manager Annie Platts introduces our Chamber Partners, VAT IT and Freefs. Firstly, Mikhail Sigal, Product Development Manager from VAT IT, takes us through the impact of VAT compliance and the ability to reclaim VAT caused by Brexit. This is followed by a catch-up with Miles Hacking, who is a solicitor at Freefs, specialising in insolvency and business restructuring. Miles takes us through the new Freefs hotline service, which is available to our Chamber members. Um, well, it doesn't seem like five minutes since we were looking forward to Christmas, and here we are already, two-thirds of the way through January. Where does time go? And um, we're three weeks also as well into life outside uh, the EU. We're deep into another lockdown, although one with possibly a better ending in sight with the impressive rollout of the vaccine programme and long may that continue and, and, and develop and grow momentum. Uh, but we've also got a range of challenging issues for businesses as well, some of which we'll, we'll get on to uh, with our guests uh, to today's events. Uh, but first of all, I'd like to introduce um, our Head of Research, Subra, um, to have a little chat about some of the things currently going on uh, in the business community, in the business world, and uh, also news of a new survey that we've launched this week for the next two weeks, which is very important. So, morning, Subra. Um, morning, Chris. Good morning, just, everyone. Just explain, because obviously one of the key things we do a lot of at the Chamber, and, and one of the things really that has sustained us through the last 12 months with everything going on, is, is the use of research and data and actually what businesses are telling us and we do so much with it we've launched a new survey this week in conjunction with british chambers of commerce do you just want to explain a little bit more about that and what the purpose of it is sure um uh, once again good morning everyone and and thank you for joining us um so as um some of you would know since uh, the uh, end of march in 2020 when the pandemic really struck we have been doing regular service of uh, businesses and that was done primarily with the intention of understanding what's actually happening in the local economy. What are the challenges that uh, businesses are facing? And we you know, continue to survey uh, you all through 2020, which has actually helped us build a lot of intelligence uh, and also lobby on your behalf with um, civil servants, uh, local and central uh, government. Uh, what we have done uh, more recently, um, i.e. Uh, this week, uh, is we have actually uh, teamed up with uh, the British Chambers of Commerce um, to do a wider national survey. Um, so we get the results at the national level, but we are, can also get that local picture. And we're going to focus on two things. Um, one is, of course, um, uh, COVID and its uh, impact, the third uh, national lockdown that we find ourselves uh, under with no definitive end date. Uh, it is all subject to the success of the vaccination program. And number two is uh, Brexit. Um, because we clearly have uh, had a deal. Uh, it was presented uh, as the uh, solution to all problems, the silver bullet, uh, but clearly it is not. And the problems are creeping up. 
And while attention in the media has been on uh, ham sandwiches being confiscated uh, on the other side of the uh, channel, you know, clearly there are uh, significant business issues uh, which are not forming part of the media coverage on Brexit. And so that's what we want to do. We want to understand what the business challenges are and then, um, you know, lobby government on your behalf. Yeah, we, we, we've both been in conversations, haven't we, with, with members of uh, looking at things that are, are affecting the business community at the present moment. Time. One of the hardest things to say is how much of it is being caused by Brexit and how much of it is, is the impact of COVID-19. And by doing these sort of surveys, we can begin to sort of isolate things, if that's the right term to use, probably not at the present, but we can begin to point out and identify what the origin of some of those problems are. I mean, there's also the bit around sectors, isn't it? You know, obviously if it's hospitality, it's more than likely going to be COVID related, but it's so important we can say with more certainty what the origin of some of these problems uh, actually are. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the, the worst affected sectors from COVID have uh, indeed been hospitality, retail, etc. We know that to an extent. But what has happened in the last uh, few weeks is we have had businesses in professional services, we have had businesses in manufacturing, uh, some in construction also saying that it's, you know, the challenges of COVID are creeping up on them. And many of these businesses have not closed, they have not paused production, especially the manufacturing ones. They have carried on throughout the pandemic. They may have put some staff on furlough, uh, but beyond that, they haven't actually had any government support. But what they have now found is, you know, eight or nine months of constant operation, actually churning out the goods and services that they do, but demand for it has actually crashed. Their customers are not buying. And so they are also looking for uh, support. And then if it's a manufacturing uh, business that is also exporting, then you have the additional uh, challenge, you know, the compliance uh, challenge, uh, the, the, the bureaucratic challenge of, of having to fill in uh, new forms, uh, go through you know hundreds of uh, additional requirements, etc. And so we want to understand the challenges that go beyond the worst affected sectors of COVID, and that's an extremely important thing because it, you know we we understand that there have been problems in in those sectors, but it's not isolated. Uh, now it is becoming much more uh, widespread, and so we need to, your views to understand what the challenges for the other sectors are. Uh, absolutely, so important. One final thing, of course, we've got the the budget. I think is on the. 3rd of March um, and there's been that many announcements and statements and things done by the Chancellor um, over the last few months obviously announcing extensions to furlough schemes, new grants, old grants, whatever uh, the, the support mechanism is out there. But 3rd of March is quite important because that is the budget isn't it? It's easy to get lost in, in all these different things and awesome statements and this that and the other but that's the budget on the 3rd of march and that i think is going to be very very important because we are facing some real big issues coming up not just around furlough potential rise of unemployment but we've also got a lot of businesses a that still haven't had any access to funding and b we've had businesses that are beginning to build up significant amounts of debt aren't we so that 3rd of march budget is is really important isn't it and i'm i'm uh, um, we will be uh, getting out to members, won't we, to, to ask for, for what they want to start to see announced by the Chancellor on, on the 3rd of March. Um, indeed, uh, it is it is a very important uh, fiscal exercise uh, this year because it also comes against the background of approximately 300 billion that has been already spent on uh, support uh, for COVID. Um, the media attention in the last few days has been focused on the £20 uh, within universal credit um, again, this morning there was coverage of corporate taxation. Um, 
So the, the key issue that the chancellor missed in November when he made his uh, spending review uh, statement is, of course, there must be now some indication of how this additional money is uh, going to be recouped, whether that is going to be done through taxation or cut in public spending and so on. So clearly, you know, uh, it is one to watch out. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there is something else that is uh, extremely important for us in the North, which is the promise that uh, this uh, government made about uh, leveling up. And so we want to see the commitments in terms of financial um, uh, inputs into uh, what those uh, leveling up uh, projects uh, are. You know, what are those uh, big ticket projects and, of course, small improvements that will make a significant difference to the business environment, the infrastructure and the ability to do business and live in, uh, in these parts of the country. Thanks very much, Sabrin. And if you're on the call um, or, or watching it uh, to later date, please look out for <clears throat> those uh, those asks for information and evidence, both on you know what what you're currently uh, experiencing, but also what you'd like to see happen in the future. It's become a core part and will be an increasingly important part of the work that we're doing as as uh, as the country's largest chamber uh, going forward. Certainly this year and probably into next as well. Uh, such as the scale of the issues I think that we're facing at present. Subra, thank you very much for your time this morning. Informative for and we'll come back to to Brexit uh, throughout the rest of uh, right, throughout the rest of the event. What I'd like to do now, though, is introduce my colleague, uh, Membership Services Manager Annie Platts, to uh, introduce the next section uh, on today's event. Annie. Thanks, Chris. Morning, everyone. It's nice to be back on Chamber Live. Uh, my name's Annie Plapps. I'm the Membership and Services Manager uh, for the Chamber, and my role is to support the members by ensuring we deliver services that suit every requirement, no matter the size or industry of business. Um, we work with partners to deliver these services, and I'm happy to say we've got two of the experts with us today. Um, so VAT IT, they're a global cross-border tax specialist, and we have Mikhail with us today. And we also have Freeps, who are a national innovative law firm supporting a broad range of services. And Miles is here today to tell us more. So I'm going to pass over to Chris, who's going to ask the experts a few questions around the support and solutions they can provide for our members. Okay, thanks. Uh, thanks for that, Annie. And again, just before we start, it's so important that we work with some fantastic partner businesses uh, in the chamber. And again, you've got access to these as part of your membership. So uh, hopefully by today you may find out a little bit more about what they do. If there's somewhere that they can help you, then please get in touch. Uh, that's so important. Mikhail, we're going to come to uh, you first uh, from VAT uh, uh, IT. And if you just want to just uh, introduce yourself, um, uh, and a little bit about, about what you do, and then uh, then we'll get into uh, a couple of questions uh, focusing on uh, VAT issues, um, which is sure. increasingly important uh, as we go into a, a post-Brexit world. So, Michal, if you just want to introduce yourself first of sure. all. So, hi, everyone. Um, so, I'm Michal. Essentially, I'm the Product Development Manager at VAT-IT um, UK. Um, we're, we're at our bread and butter is um, has historically been cross-border VAT reclaim. Um, however, coming up with Brexit, um, you know, we're expanding into the VAT, um, you know, the VAT compliance element as well, and the, the actual the overall trade compliance um, and making sure goods get from A to B, and that you do do it in a, in a VAT compliant manner, and of course are able to recover your VAT at the end of the day. Um, so I've spent the last few months focusing on Brexit, um, all the challenges. Obviously, there are challenges coming up every single day. Um, and obviously it's very difficult to interpret the law, um, etc. So that's um, where I step in and I'm here to help. And thank you to the Chamber for organising this. No, that's okay, Michael. It's, it's, it's good to uh, good to see you and hear from you and obviously such a, a busy time as well. Um, what 
what is the impact now on, on VAT that the UK has left the EU, the single market, the customs union? Um, because you mentioned it there about reclaiming it back and one thing or another. And this seems to be one area that really is causing quite a few issues at present. So in a sort of simplistic way, um, yes. what, 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 what is the actual impact now? Yes, so essentially when the UK was part of the EU, um, we could take advantage of you know, the inter-EU VAT reclaim mechanisms, um, very simplistic portals to reclaim VAT. We didn't need to register in majority of countries and um, you know, it was very, very simple. Now, because we're seen as a, um, as a third party country and not part of the EU, um, essentially we are claiming import VAT back as a foreigner and they're much more stricter requirements in terms of where we need to actually register um, do we need to register? Are we meeting thresholds? Um, B2C thresholds, for instance, have been taken to zero. Um, so as soon as you're selling B2C direct into a country, you essentially um, you know, have to register, um, whereas before this was not um, the case. So very complex case-by-case um, -case basis, but very complex VAT laws that need to be looked into now. So when you're saying case-by-case, -case, it's literally, even if it's a business, it's, it's not just business by business, it's actually case-by-case -case for each particular piece of work that you're doing or goods that you're supplying or whatever it is? Yes, in many instances, yes, um, because obviously you can be shipping goods um, or selling goods to one EU country or multiple and, you know, three weeks later you get um, a sale from another EU country and, you know, the additional laws that need to be looked into um, do you need a VAT register in those countries, can you reclaim the VAT? Yeah, so you, you actually do need to register in each each country that you're trading with individually as well? Um, so again, very very complicated, but yeah. <laughs> in theory, you would, um, you know, if you look at each EU member state as a standalone, you would, um, in many instances, be required to register. But of course, because the EU, there are ways for you to become um, have a VAT presence yourself in the EU member state, in one EU member state, and like use that to your advantage of finding ways um, to. I don't want to use the word avoid, but finding ways to. And be compliant but not having to register in every single country yeah. um, of course with that there's reporting obligations filing obligations disclosure etc so i guess really it's a case of if if in doubt assume everything has changed and you've got to start from scratch if you if you're not already in the system or whatever and ask i suppose really because it, it, it sounds as though in in some respects and not aimed at you, Michal. Obviously, you're 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 only dealing with what you've what you've been dealt with. But it sounds like some of these rules are still being I wouldn't say made up, uh, but it sounds like there's still a lot of confusion on the part of the rule makers with some of this. Yeah, so definitely not made up, but um, you know the, yeah. the interpretations do vary across. Um, you know, it's all about interpretations, um, interpreting the law, and about um, you know at the moment we've seen various clients. Some clients' goods are getting stuck if they don't have certain. That numbers other clients the goods are going through so i think also from a customs perspective they're still working out exactly what's going to happen and how they're going to control the masses yeah. um, and secondly you know we as a because we've become a third party country each country still needs to decide if they're actually going to allow reciprocity um with the uk yeah. which we're still yeah. waiting for so yeah so there's still uh, still some some ways uh, that, that this may change even further from from what we're dealing with uh, now really exactly. it is uh, and again is, is it just import vat that, that businesses have got to worry about or are there other concerns relating to to vat uh, beyond just making sure that you're registered in in countries and, and with the eu and um, yes sure so um you know, you know other 
um, other issues come up with, you know, deciding between yourself and your buyer who's actually going to be responsible as acting as the importer into the countries. Um, so essentially that brings about complexities of, you know, if you force your buyer to act then as the importer and have to deal with all that admin, um, et cetera, then, you know, they could just look at purchasing locally um, instead of having to, to act as the importer. So there are all those commercial considerations which do bring about additional administrative burden on sellers or on buyers, which could define, you know, if your business actually is able to continue trading. Yeah, okay. I've just noticed a question, I think, relating to a little bit of that that's come from uh, Sharon in the um, in the chat there. Uh, and it's about uh, the proposed changes concerning import VAT in the EU on the 1st of July with a customs declarant. For example, DHL handles the VAT and duty payments. So what what's the situation as regards that now? Yes, so from the 1st of July, the EU is um, bringing in various... Um, various different models. Um, one is them. One of them is called the OSS, the one-stop shop, um, which is um, allowing for easier, I want to say easier um, VAT compliance and not having to register in every single country. And in terms of um, the, the, you know, the DHLs having to handle the VAT, that is something where, you know, currently, if um, if, if your infrastructure is set up correctly, DHL can at the moment, you know, handle that import VAT payment for you. Um, of course, documents will need to be consigned correctly, etc., to make sure that you are able to reclaim it um, VAT, which obviously can go up to 27%. Okay, right. Hopefully that's uh, that, that's answered that. And obviously, I was aware that there were changes coming up on the 1st of July, but obviously that, that may change everything again, basically. And uh, we, are, we seem to be in a state of... Uh, flux and change at the present moment in time just just one one question uh, broader and not not specifically around VAT but are you seeing I mean obviously you mentioned over the last couple of months and and how long last year you spent preparing for this do you still feel that a lot of businesses that you speak to have been shall we say caught out by what is actually required and I know some of that is because well things were only decided at the last minute uh, yes. but we, we knew things were going to change didn't we do you, do you think uh, that many businesses have, have like I said, been, been caught out a little bit by, by some of the complexities of this? Yes, yeah, so 100%, I'd say majority of businesses we've spoken to have been caught out. Um, you know, when the trade deal was announced, everyone assumed that the trade deal um, related to both, you know, allowed for a trade deal from a VAT perspective and a duties perspective, yeah. um, thinking that they never had to worry about the VAT implications. But unfortunately, you know, that's um, not actually the case. And VAT is has to be looked at, um, you know, in isolation per the EU legislate the EU VAT legislation. So in that instance, um, you know, the majority of companies have been caught out. Um, like I said, um, you know, companies didn't even realise they needed an EU EORI number. Um, yeah. So their goods have been, been, you know, stuck at customs. And we've been gotten desperate phone calls with, you know, we can't even get the contract out fast enough for them to sign so that we could actually start, you know, getting all these additional reg these um, registrations and EORI numbers for them. So it is a, it's, 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 it's quite horrible to see, yeah. you know, just how caught out companies are. Yeah. And again, the, I suppose the key thing with this is not, not to add more gloom and doom in, 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 into things, but to actually say that, um, you know, things will get better. We're, we're in a state, aren't we, of, of massive change. Well, things will get better eventually once things get get agreed used to and, and one thing and another so um it, it's tough but again just to say you know if people have got any problems any questions any queries or whatever please ask <laughs> don't just assume it. 
don't just assume it's always like it has been um you know people are having to do different things now so please please ask for that information um so um so i think that's uh, that's one thing there michael thank you very much we may come back to you if there's any thank more you. questions on the thing but um I, I really do appreciate again your, your time at present um hopefully it's something of a bit of a break for you getting away from answering vat queries so i'll ask you a lot of questions about vat instead so anyway uh there we go so our next uh our next thank guest. you so much uh, no problem thank you uh, Uh, our next guest is is Miles Hacking from uh, from Freeth. Miles, good morning. And um, again, if you just want to do a little uh, introduction about yourself and, and your role at Freeth. Yeah, so my name is Miles Hacking. Good morning, everybody. I am a solicitor at Freeth, based in the Manchester office. I specialise in insolvency and business restructuring. Okay. Uh, and, and what uh, what support can, can Freeth offer members? Uh, what what are the type of things uh, we've been working on with with our members? So what Freeth are offering at the moment for members is access to a free half an hour telephone consultation. It's going to be with an experienced solicitor who specifically um, specialises in business restructuring. And what this is going to give members is the opportunity to have a, a confidential, impartial, independent uh, discussion about financial and, and, and other legal sort of issues that business their business might be facing. Okay. And is some of that related to what's been happening with COVID? Are you seeing an increase in, in calls or? Yeah, so I think that it's a fact, isn't it, that there is a difficult times for businesses across the board, um, whether their business has actually been buoyed by, by COVID. There are some sectors of growth, but a lot of sectors are, are negatively uh, impacted um finding increased issues with um areas where we've been helping with for example um easing of pressure um by either hmrc uh, landlords major creditors supply creditors whether there's issues in the supply chain or the customer chain all the way through to the the board or management themselves are having disputes that um businesses need need assistance with and would like mm -hmm. to discuss and again, some of that is it's not new, isn't it? Not, but maybe what's happened is we've we've seen such a, a crush and a, a crunch of things coming together. It's probably you know magnified the issues, hasn't it, and, and multiplied them and made them slightly worse. I, I think sometimes, yeah, it's not all doom and gloom, but yeah, unfortunately, um, it is like I said at the top. It, it's a it's a difficult time, and what Freeth are wanting to try and do and help members with is, in the first instance, just provide a, a sounding board. Um, a place where members can turn to uh, to discuss or get a steer as to as to where to go. Essentially, a second opinion from a professional um, to see if, to see if either they're on the right lines or where can they go to be put on the right lines. Yeah, and that's so important, isn't it? That that ability to ask the question is a bit like Michael there. If if you've if you've got an issue don't try and work it out yourself we've got experts like yourself yeah. these things and it's just so important sometimes just to have that, that conversation that may not lead anywhere but at least it's settled minds and, and you've got some idea about what what you may need to do yeah 100 percent. because if you're not sure quite well do i do i need to speak to this? well we, there's this free service here so why why not use it why not pick up the phone um why not email email through i think that uh chambers have sent through a link that people can yeah. use to request a callback when it's yeah. convenient to members time and date or all they can simply email email through yeah 
Yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely super. And have you got any sort of real life examples? I mean, obviously there's an element of confidentiality, but just just some examples of of things that um, you've been involved with and help help previously. Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite a broad spectrum of uh, issues that we've we've helped with from very very minor to to, to major overhaul restructuring. Um, I think a, a good example recently that i was able to help with um where we can sort of have a no no names discussion is essentially a business called up and said the company account's been frozen i need to pay employees i need to pay key staff what's going on and very quickly we were able to establish that actually it was because a winding up petition had been presented against the against the company and therefore the bank had frozen the account yeah. Yeah. so um, we, we we had to move at speed because employees needed paying, and this was on the Tuesday, I think, and the employees needed paying by the Friday. So we were able to get into court. We were able to get a, an order uh, releasing some funds from the bank account to pay key key in uh, suppliers and also uh, the employees. And then we were also able to negotiate with that particular uh, petitioning creditor to get it withdrawn. And um, yeah, it was, it was a good news story actually. It, it worked out quite well in the end. Um, and uh, yeah, so a certain element of, uh, of job satisfaction when it came to that one because we were able to yeah. get it across the line quickly. Yeah, no, it's good. And, and, and again, you know, it, it, things like that, the good news bit sometimes is in there, isn't it? It's about helping people out, I think. I think that, yeah, that, and at the moment, I think with... Yeah, it's lost. Yeah, yeah the, the good news stories for us are especially when we're able to rescue businesses. Um, yeah. If if it's, yeah, it, I can often have difficult conversations with with, with people, um, um, but it's the it's the right advice and it, it's what what needs to happen. Uh, but yeah, when when we're able to save businesses and save jobs and save and, and save livelihoods, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it, it certainly uh, makes it all worthwhile. Okay, that's cool. And can you see things being as busy uh, over the next twelve months, or increasingly busy? Or yeah, so I think that at the, a lot of businesses are hanging on. Uh, I think it's fair yeah. to say we had the corporate governance bill, which which actually stayed off in the main winding up petitions unless they, it wasn't uh, COVID-19 related. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there has been some funding dripping through to businesses, not, not enough as, as businesses like to see. Um, but I think there's, there's this great um, national push behind the vaccine and just wanting to get through this. Um, nobody, well, I, I especially don't uh, want to still be here in my daughter's bedroom going and working for the next, uh months and months and months i want to get back from colleagues i want to get back yeah. seeing people and, and and getting out there so um yeah i think there just needs to be uh yeah, yeah optimism and hope for the future but uh, like you say what's nice about uh, chambers is that they do have these facilities that members can can fall back on if if, if things aren't quite going the right way yeah absolutely Miles. thank you very much i, I wasn't going to mention you, you, you the bedroom <laughs> uh, at the but it is uh, it is quite unique. I was on a, a call last week with somebody uh, from a government department that had canaries in the background, which was oh, wow. uh, which, which was probably the most exotic I've I've done so far in in the current lockdown. But anyway, but that certainly great. makes my telephone hearing uh, sorry my my video hearings with the court a bit more interesting. Um, <laughs> that's super. Thanks very much, Miles. For Thank that. Time. Take care. Uh, uh, thank you for from uh, for Mikel as well from VAT. IT again, just two great partners that we work with uh, across a wide range of issues. But again, the key thing I think we've mentioned there is if you're facing problems, and a lot of people are at the present moment of time, don't just sit in silence, don't just stew on things. Ask, come to the chamber, we can put you in touch with these people, um, and, and hopefully we can get some help sorted out for you. No matter what what the query is, no matter what it is, 
hopefully we can get somebody uh, to answer that for you and, and help you out. So Miles, Michael, thank you very much uh, for your time today. Um, just going to round up in, in the next couple of minutes, just to uh, say a couple of things that uh, we are doing. Obviously, just going back to Brexit, uh, Susanna uh, Cordova, who's our Head of International Trade, uh, and the team at the Chamber are, are, and also a lot of the membership team as well, are virtually going 24-7 at the present moment in time, answering members' queries uh, around all things to do with Brexit. And again, it, it matches a little bit of what we've heard already today. Uh, just basic queries rather, uh, right through to some rather complex things. A lot of information on the Chamber website, gmchamber.co.uk. We also have a Brexit hub with a lot of information on there as well. And again, that's being updated as things come out from government. And as we've heard, particularly with things like VAT, as new rules and things are put in place and agreed and, and one thing or another. It will not always be like this. It will get sorted out and it will settle down at some stage. Uh, we just don't know when that is. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep updating people as, as and when. Um, if you want to, to query anything, uh, the email to get in touch with us at is benefits at gmchamber.co.uk. Um, so that's uh, that's the email to access anything, not just about Brexit, but about any of the services uh, that you've uh, you've got access to uh, by being a member of the Chamber. A couple of things just to uh, flag up. Um, if you got the brief uh, last week and yesterday, you'll notice that we are uh, highlighting our building of the year, 2020 finalists every year, the property and construction sector uh, in membership highlights uh, a group of business, uh, a group of buildings uh, that have been finished uh, off in the year before to go forward to our Building of the Year Award. We also have to postpone it last year, it's due in October. We're going to be doing it this year instead, but look out for uh, some of those uh, finalists being showcased. Next Tuesday is our fortnightly networking event, so look out for details how to register uh, for that. Uh, also look out for more webinars and training sessions on new rules around Brexit. Uh, a lot happening at present on, on that. And just one final thing as well, we've been doing a lot of work uh, on the Chamber around uh, the issue of digital poverty. And again, as we've gone into lockdown, we saw a huge focus on the ability for young people to learn from home. We do a lot about working from home, we're all about learning from home with people, young people, you know, the schools have closed unless it's for key workers, they're having to learn uh, learn from home. Um, we're working with the Greater Manchester Tech Fund business in the community uh, in partnership to promote a service where people can, businesses can, donate their unused digital devices and then we can get those out to schools, to charities, to other people throughout Greater Manchester that may be in need of those devices. So have a look at that. Um, it, is, uh, it was mentioned yesterday on the brief uh, and if you've got any digital devices you can register on the website there and we can arrange it. Everything's taken care of, somebody will come and pick it up wipe the devices clean so you don't need to worry about um, anything on the hard drive or anything like that it's all digitally done and then obviously we can get those to the people that need them most at present so that just about wraps it up for today uh, thank you very much uh, to Miles and Michal from uh, Feet and That IT thank you to Subber as well for giving us his views and a little bit of an insight into what's going on remember to look out for that survey and please take part it's only a couple of minutes out of the day but please take part it's so important we've got our finger on the pulse of what's going on in the business community so all there remains for me to say is stay safe stay dry I think uh, probably more appropriate with the weather at the present moment in time uh, thank you very much